afternoon, Bucks Nation. Welcome to another Real Bucks Talk podcast. This is Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez. And today we're going to get into the next matchup, which is your Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers at Raymond James Stadium tomorrow at 1 p.m. And again, this game, I don't know what to expect, but it's going to be a fun one for sure. I think it's going to be much closer than the game that was in Carolina. Uh, you have the Bucks at four and seven. Carolina coming off three straight losses, so they're kind of been reeling back since they beat us. They're six and five now, uh, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think uh, you know Bucks. I think are coming off a nice win against San Francisco. Now the question is, can the Bucks do that again and play another complete four quarter game? Mark, I think you know you look at this one. I just don't know if we can stop the the Panthers' offense. I think that's going to be the the tricky part. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, it's the running game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you saw 49ers could run all day over us. I mean, Breida had over 100 yards. True. It's it's just that they fell behind, and they couldn't really keep running. So, to me, and then how creative the Panthers are running the ball. And you have not just the running back, but they can do end arounds to DJ Moore, mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel. Cam Newton can run the ball whenever he wants to. And he's big enough to run someone over or make you miss. So, I mean, how creative they can be running the ball. And then, yeah, we all saw this just a couple of weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yeah, you, you get scared by the running. It's it's pretty much – we'll go into the defense how to stop it. But to me, that and then our offense not being able to contain the right side because Dotson's not going to play. Right. Um, you have Beninock and Kappa not doing well at right guard. So, that whole right side – James may get killed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's how I look at it. I mean, is it going to be closer? Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a bloodbath like it was. Mm-hmm. And we better tackle better. Um, but to me, I'm not going to do any predictions, but it's just you see where the glaring weaknesses are mm-hmm. and where they're very strong at. It doesn't look good to me. Yeah, we'll go. Let's uh, we'll start with the defense in this one to, to begin. Uh, our defense versus their offense. I think, you know, last week our defense actually had a great game, one of their better games, um, you know, all season. Again, that was against you know quarterback, a young quarterback, and Nick Mullins, um, and the quarterback play just wasn't very good. They were missing some receivers. Uh, run game, they were they were successful, like Mark said. I mean, Breida had over a hundred yards. I thought our front four probably had one of their better games all year. You know, they got sacks, they got pressure, uh, got a lot of quarterback hits, um, you know, made plays behind the backfield. So that is something that's going to have to come up in this week against the Panthers tomorrow. If we want to be successful on defense, I think that's going to be critical, especially with, you know, let's look at the injury report. You know, you're missing some pieces in the secondary, probably no Carlton Davis, probably no Brent Grimes. So you're going to have new corners. You you do get back Justin Evans and Levante uh, David back, which is good. Uh, but again, it's still going to be a struggle just because uh, what the Panthers offensively do, you know, like Mark said, a lot of motion, a lot of misdirection, window dressing, like I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then McCaffrey and, you know, DJ Moore, those guys are just beastly, especially yards after the catch. They're able to make plays with missed tackles. So and that's what we struggled with in Carolina was tackling. So. I don't know how – I really don't know how we're going to stop them. I, I think that's going to be – I mean, if we can hold them and, and find a way to get turnovers, you know, again, 
maybe two weeks in a row, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, Don't hold your breath. Yeah. Then, you know, maybe we have a shot. What was that thing you said earlier before the podcast? What do the Panthers don't do? Oh, (laughs) yeah. They don't step on their dick very often. (laughs) um, They're a very smart team. But, again, the last couple of weeks they've had, you know, mistakes and things not going their way, missed kicks. Uh, Their kicker hasn't been, you know, hasn't been on the money uh, lately. So, you know, that could play a part. Uh, I think they've had some struggles in the red zone and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, they were in those games. Like, last week they were in it. Uh, I think the week before they lost by one point. Mm-hmm. Um, they got blown the out. Lions, right? I believe so. They got blown out by uh, Pittsburgh. But, I mean, Pittsburgh's just – they're beating everyone right now. Um, Pittsburgh got beat by the Broncos. Oh, true. True. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying recently they've been on a hot streak. Uh so, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Panthers do and see if they get up back on track or if they continue to do, uh, you know, make mistakes or what have you. But, I mean, we'll see. I think oh. it's going to be diff- difficult for the defense. Yeah, I, I agree it's going to be very difficult for the defense. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing just, I don't know, it's, it's easy to say, hard to do, contain the edges. I right. mean, can, make sure you're keeping them in the pocket. Do not let McCaffrey get to the edge. So it's going to be on JPP and – um, Nassib, mm-hmm. don't don't fly, don't fly around. Contain it. Right. I mean that McCoy and Vita Vea cause pressure in face in the face of Cam Newton. Push it forward. Don't don't be trying to go out of your assignment like McCoy does at these times. Trying to play hero, mm-hmm. he just leaves a giant gap. Because from what it looks like, the Panthers love to hit the outside. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton going to the outside. DJ Moore running the outside. Christian McCaffrey outside. They don't really run much in the middle. And the uh, the Seahawks game, there was a lot of penetration in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why they can't run there. So right. just contain them, force them to run in the middle where you have the big uglies. And hopefully you got linebackers and David's coming back mm-hmm. that will fill those holes. And we don't have to have Warren Sapp talking about how he missed the contain to push him out, push him back inside. Hopefully we've learned from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Um, but that's the biggest key for me and then yeah just nevin's coming back or no yeah just nevin's coming back so another really good safety jordan whitehead's been playing out of his mind lately yeah now you have both those guys playing well so uh, like we said i mean jordan whitehead was going to be like just nevin's last year it gets better throughout the year he's starting now easily mm-hmm. no one debates that should have been that way um jo- johnson gets to sit the bench now hopefully I think so. I think what they're going to do is they're going to play probably three safeties in this game a lot, especially with the secondary being hurt at corner. I think you're going to see uh, Andrew Adams in there probably play a little more nickel, maybe even Justin Evans. Uh, I think a lot of those guys, Whitehead, you know, Evans and Adams, I think will rotate around and, and maybe match up with a Greg Olson or match up, you know, whoever's in the slot and try to, you know, again, like Mark said, force them to go into the middle you know, fill those gaps and, and kind of play press a little bit more and really try to make them take shots down the field because I think that's where you can really get them is if you make Cam try to force it downfield. I think that's where he struggles. You don't really see them attack deep um, often. I mean, there'll well, be – Well, that's, that's why they're in the game because they're yeah. running the ball. Right. And they're simplifying the offense. Yeah, I, I was talking to you before the podcast about someone saying, oh, why would you just do play action or run pass options or – just trying to deceive people all the time. That's all the Panthers are doing. Mm-hmm. And that's the safer route. Right. If you can run the ball, keep running it. Why bother stopping? And if it's working, obviously McCaffrey, and you're building off of that. Mm-hmm. 
And that's that's what they're just what North Turner's doing. He's just building off of his greatest asset, which is the running game, to the outside, and then Cam Newton is using his legs. They're all just building off of that. That the pass will come if that starts doing well, and that's why yeah, yeah stop the edges, contain, force them inside, two, three yard gains, as opposed to the big chunks getting to the outside. Yeah. It's logical. Can we do it? I don't know. We have guys back. We're healthier. I think it is possible with the players we have. Can we execute it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, something that I would do, and I'm hoping they they try this, is maybe like bring one of those safeties and just watch McCaffrey all game. Uh, whether you do that with Whitehead or Evans, I think that's a, you know, that's something they should look into because yeah. McCaffrey is their offense. Like everything goes through McCaffrey. Uh, they just run simple plays where it's just little dump offs to him going out in the flats, and he gets you know first downs that way. So, or it's you know bigger plays. So I think they need to have a guy just spy on McCaffrey the whole game, whether that be David at linebacker. Don't, no, no, no. He's yeah. proven he can. That's true. You're right. You're right. But maybe Whitehead. And to know. that credit, mm-hmm. Andrew Adams was on Saquon Barkley a lot. Yeah. In the Giants game. So. Yeah. So maybe they do that. You know, it'd be it'd be worth you know doing because McCaffrey had such a big game last time. You guys, you know, they went up against each other. So. I would look for that. Um, how, use... how are you going to make Dave go on him his first game back? <laughs> that's, that, come on. <laughs> Bad idea. But anyway, I you know, that's something to look for where they play a lot more safeties, um, especially with them being down corners. Uh, Ryan Smith is probably going to be in this game, which will be, you know, nice to see, see what he can do, you know, after last week he had a strong game. Again, different opponent, better receivers, better quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, that works out. Also, I was going to say, oh, I forgot who it was. Someone came up with a story saying, oh, we're second in sacks the past two games. Mm-hmm. And the defense coming around. You, you, how, that's a skewed way of saying it. <laughs> like, we've played the Giants and the 49ers. Yeah. Obviously, our defense should have been better against those two teams. Yeah. And, yeah, it's good to see that in the past two games we've had second. Okay, that, that yeah. two-game spread, come on. Yeah. It's it's making improvements though. I mean, ever since Duffner took over, uh, the defense has been better. They're allowing less points. I think it's at twenty five points per game, which is very improved from the thirty one points per game that they're giving under Mike Smith. Uh, so they have made you know improvements. Um, again, sack numbers are up. They're on pace for over forty sacks, which is great. Um, Look at the point. My op- the opponent though. Oh yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, the opponents definitely have been weaker, but it's you got to remember who they're putting out there. A lot of the guys that they're ha- having out there due to injuries are practice squad players, guys that were playing in the fourth preseason game or not even on the roster. So you don't have a full squad, and for them to improve like they've had, it is impressive. Granted, uh, still probably not good enough, and it hasn't been, but just to see the overall improvement from you know each unit has been sufficient. I mean, it's been it's nice to see. Uh, NASA playing out of his mind, yeah. uh, five and a half sacks already on pace to maybe get 10 sacks. He could have 10, two 10 sack guys, uh, this season, which would That'd be insane, which would be impressive. And a guy that wasn't on the roster until right. after. <laughs> yeah. So after the preseason. Yeah. So that, that's a good sign. Um, you know, the, the overall mindset of the defense has been better. I would just say that it's more aggressive, which has been good. I agree with that. But my thing was like, I agree with better, especially with what you're saying, with the linebackers that we had. Like, it's, it's, it's went from shit to 
you know, above, you know, above the next whatever. Or was it from uh, Major Payne? Went from <laughs> yeah. shit sandwich to maggots or something like that. Oh, exactly. Wow. So we've upgraded, you know, we've upgraded to the next level. Um, <laughs> or if you've seen like Moneyball, it's like there's crap and then there's 50 feet of, you know, whatever shit or whatever you say. <laughs> and then there's us. Um, so we're probably in the, the rest of the, the average, you know, the league. So that's good. But I do agree. I do see things getting better mm-hmm. obviously vita vea did very well nasa jvp d line's looking better yeah. uh david getting in their linebackers he's honestly he's been their best linebacker for years right so that's gonna be a huge welcome safeties i'm gonna love seeing evans and whitehead back there for a while now yep it's gonna be at least four or five years you're gonna happily see them hopefully mm-hmm. uh, defensively that's all we got pretty much how are we gonna attack them Offense versus their defense. Offensively, I think, you know, the game plan is just to hit the dump off and hit the tight end. Again, that's something we've said uh, in past episodes. Uh, Will we do it? I don't know. Um, But I think that's when Jameis is at his best, when he's taking the check down. We're running the football consistently. Not It doesn't have to be effective. It just has to be consistent as far as attempts. And we're utilizing the play-action passing game. When we're doing those things, the offense works, and it's very effective, and it's good. Where we're you know, just pretty much taking what the defense has given you. That's what I want to see. That's what I want Jameis to continue to do. Not try to do too much. Take what's there. If it's not there, run or get, you know, get out of bounds or whatever. That's what I, I would like to see. Will we do that? I don't know. It looks like we're going to try to force the ball to Mike Evans because he had a bad <laughs> game um, last time against Carolina. So I hope that's not the case because that's what we did up in Carolina, and that did not work out. So Do I, they learn from this? Yeah, do they learn from it? Does Jameis take that next step and be consistent from last week to this week and you know protect the football again, no turnover game? That's something I would like to see. As far as how we match up, I think it's going to be tough because our offensive line, like we said earlier, is just a mess on the right side. I think Carolina's defensive line, they have some players that are going to take advantage of that. Um, linebacker core is fast as, fast as hell. <laughs> I wanted to say something else, but they're fast. Uh, secondary is okay, not great. They can be beat. Uh, Deontay Jackson, good rookie. but And then James Bradbury, not bad. But he did a hell of a job against Evans last game. Yeah, I mean, they're okay, but again, I think you know up front that's where it's going to lie. Jameis is going to have to get that ball out quickly, so you're really not going to have time for these long developing routes. Will they still run them? Yes, absolutely. But I don't know. I'm hoping they learn from, I mean, from I mean, last look at, time. Looking at their defense, they're fifth in the league against the run. Yeah, good defense. That's pretty damn good. I mean, we always want. Peyton Barber to run the ball. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, regardless of how bad we are running the ball, we got to keep doing it. Yeah. So, Jameis, try and uh, you got to get that play action boot. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we all saw what he does when he's on the run. Right. His accuracy goes up. We've been, obviously, if you all follow us on Twitter, you see we literally point that out all the time. Um, yeah, get away from Evans early. Try and run the ball. Try and dump it. Godwin's going to be starting. Mm-hmm. So, or he should be starting. Yeah, he's yeah. going to start. Um, in place of D-Jax, he's sitting this one out. Mm-hmm. I know you wanted him to start <laughs> out the whole year after this. Oh, Godwin? Right? Yeah, yeah. Godwin should be the starter. He should have been the starter a long time ago, but that's a whole other story. I mean, I think you, you build 
the short game before you go deep. That's what we've all been saying yeah. all year. I I hope we keep doing that. I mean, we, we kind of did that against the, the 49ers. It was all short dump passes. There was really only two deep deep shots, yeah. the D. Jackson completion and the, the Mike Evans catch. Right, right. Other than that, it was working your short game, RPOs, running the ball, mm-hmm. like and then Jameis making something out of nothing. Right. Yeah, and Jam- he's going to be doing that. You said it himself, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Jameis is a playmaker. The thing is about it is when Jameis controls that and just takes what is there, and then when there's time to make a play, then you can go out there and make a play. And that's what he did last week. He only made about maybe five or six big plays last week, and that's what that's what won you the game. That was enough to win. Um, and that's really what it comes down to every week. It's going to be can you make those – you know, three to, to five plays that are going to change the game. Can you make that in your favor? And that's what the Bucks did, and they won. So, you know, that's what they're going to have to do to, uh, tomorrow at Ray J. Um, and this is a thing, you know, I put this on Twitter. This is a thing where Jameis needs to take that next step, especially against this team against Carolina. It's a team that he's uh, historically struggled against. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a spe- five interception game that, against the Panthers. Spe- yeah, especially at Ray J, he struggles. So does Cam. Cam doesn't do very well at Ray J either. So it's going to be interesting to see how you know that plays out. And you know, hopefully, Jameis can be the better guy. Yeah, I mean, they're twenty second against the pass. Yep. So that's the Jameis will, like you said, the tight ends. Yeah, Keekley's great. Thomas Davis is older. He's he's not as fast as he used to be. Shaq Thompson's fast, but he's small. Mm-hmm. And he's I would he was a college safety, correct? Yes, that's correct. And now he's it. But I mean, it, he's just not proven he can stick with tight ends. Mm-hmm. And Cam Bray and Winston have that connection. I I would hope they would see that as a mismatch and start attacking it. Their mm-hmm. safeties aren't all that great. Yeah, the best way They're to be agree drama. I right? mean, we we yeah, I agree. And the same thing we said. The last time we, you know, previewed this game about when we played them in Carolina, we talked about attacking East and West, and that's something that we need to do in this week tomorrow, uh, attack the flats and attack your outside, you know, edges. Because Carolina, they're going to drop, they're going to do two things. One, they'll blitz their linebackers at times where they'll bring their guys in. But most of the game, they're going to fake that blitz and they're going to drop their linebackers back about 10 yards or so behind the first down marker. So what does that do? That's going to create space underneath. Bucks have to attack that. If they do, they can be successful. They can make plays and get six yards at a time. Is that something that the Bucks will be patient with and continue to do? I don't know because we've seen how Dirk Cutter is and seen how the offense is run. They like to get explosive plays, uh, and sometimes they force that way too much. I mean, I'll say this. So – Seattle was running the ball over everyone. They only got their leading rush was 55 yards. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be hard to run the ball. For sure. And Seattle likes to run the ball. They couldn't. But Russell Wilson made up for that. He was like 71% passing, 339 yards, two touchdowns. Right. No picks. We're going to need a display like that from Jameis. I mean, mm-hmm. easily. They, yeah. You're going to have to throw against them. Their, their D-line's that good. You have Quan Short, Don Terry Poe, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, Julius Peppers doing everything still. Mario Addison, their big sack guy, but they, they just know how to stop the run. And then they have linebackers that can plug gaps. Oh, That's yeah. why they're very good at that. For sure. But the thing is, yeah, get behind them, get them thinking you're going to run and put push it behind the linebackers. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to win on one play. 
Right. And that's what Seattle did last week. They did a lot of motion. They did a lot of uh, RPOs where they got Russell Wilson outside, uh, did a lot of bootlegs as far as getting guys into the flat, and really just continued to run that. And then when Panthers started to adjust over, they made adjustments. They started attacking more inside, uh, attacking up the seams, stuff like that. So there will be plays to be made, um, you know, obviously. But, again, it's about how you attack, how you design that, how you get that in rhythm, you know, how you call it. So that's going to be important. Uh, Will we see the Bucs do that? Again, we always say it every (laughs) week. It's like, are they going to attack mismatches this week? We just don't know because, again, the game plans to start haven't been great. Last week it was better. Uh, I think that was more so on the players, though, in my opinion. I think Jameis kind of just took it into his own hands. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take what's there. And hopefully he has that mindset this week and continues to do so. Yeah, and if we don't turn turn over the ball, this will be a good close game Mm -hmm. because we are – we're pretty good. We're good if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, if we don't step on our own dick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm hoping to see a good game. Let's put it that way. The, the players haven't quit. They're all obviously still trying and pushing hard. Right. Defense is that's, – that's the damn truth. Mm-hmm. And Jameis obviously was. So let's see more of the same. I want to see the same hustle, same try hard. Like, mm-hmm. And I think we're going to be in it until the end. We, let's just see. I want to see excitement. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, right. I, I agree with that. So you want to jump into the new head coach candidate, even though the Bucks are they're trying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we still feel Cutter's going to be fired. So, yeah, I mean, the new candidate that we're going to talk about today is Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City Chiefs, offensive coordinator. Uh, he's a guy that we've kind of fell in love with really quickly. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell is still our favorite, but I think this guy is like right behind him, maybe neck and neck. Uh, just a, a very smart man, detail-oriented, a guy that demands perfection, uh, a guy that you know knows how to game plan and knows how to, you know, just attack mismatches. That's something that we we want to see uh, as our head coach. Uh, I think he's a guy that could bring in a good staff. Um, has been under Brad Childress, uh, worked under Leslie Frazier, now uh, Andy Reid for a, for a while. So. I think this guy is is someone that could uh, be a very good candidate. Again, he's a modern forward-thinking mind, understands how offenses work, and now he has the Kansas City Chiefs playing uh, lights out. You know, Patrick Mahomes is taking it to the next level. Um, And then you have uh, Tyreek Hill saying, like, the offense is better than Matt Nagy from from last year. So playing really well uh, overall. All right, well, here's a quick – like him talking about him hitting mismatches. This is the biggest takeaway that I want you all to hear with Eric Bieniemy, an awesome name too. But uh, you hear all of us, talk, or both of us talking about attack the mismatches, stop just playing your own agenda, right? That's what Cutter does to us. Well, this is him talking about why some people don't get certain targets. It's because they're, they're going to hit mismatches. So check them out. If we're going to get this thing to play. <laughs> Erica, no, um, <clears throat> when you guys call play, you can't always just dictate where the ball's going, right? But um, the first two targets on Sunday were to Travis after not being super involved the week before. Tyreek didn't have a target after being super involved the week before. 
Do you guys take those things into, you know, try and you got to allow the mouths to feed, right? Do you guys take those things into account at all? Well, you always do. You always try and keep tabs of who's doing what, but also, too, you think about the matchups, and you just want to take advantage of those situations. And these guys understand that, hey, you know what? Somebody may have an outstanding day. The next man has to step up, and so, and that's okay. As long as they understand the importance of excelling in their role, and doesn't matter who the ball goes to, we just need to make sure that we're focused on the second effort. Hey, what can I do? to spring a second effort block downfield to potentially help that guy go to distance or uh, get a first, get the first down. So those are the little things that we celebrate more so than anything. But obviously you always want to try and get your guys going, but if not, they understand the big picture. Beautiful. Just beautiful, right? Like, what, what I couldn't have said anything better. Just these guys will realize that the bigger picture is we're hitting a mismatch because that's what we saw throughout the week. That that guy's not going to win against this guy. Mm-hmm. So let's keep hitting it. Yeah. And like the, the the guy asked a question, you can't dictate where you're going to go before the the ball before you hike the ball, right? Right. It's like yeah, but we're hitting, we're hitting the mismatch. Mm-hmm. We're liking what we see. If if it's not there, we're going to go somewhere else. Right. And like so, big thing with Eric Bieniemy. More history on him. He was a Colorado running back. He's a little fella. He's five seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finished third in the Heisman balloting behind Ty Detmer and Rocket Ishmael. Yeah. So he's he's a player that's done well, but obviously because of his small stature, he didn't do well in the NFL. But he made it. I think it was nine years. Yeah. Played for. He played a while. for nine years, literally based off of will and being smarter and more prepared than ever anyone else. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So he he knew where the blocking schemes were. He knew his assignment, what he had to do to make the play better, and that's. Pretty much that's what you want to see out of a coach, a guy that knows everything in his head and he can teach that to the players. Not just – that's why some, most of the best coaches are nerds <laughs> mm-hmm. because they, they know how to do it. They just couldn't do it themselves. Right. There's a guy that could do it. He just wasn't the biggest guy. He, could, he wasn't the fastest guy. He just mentally had it all. It was just putting on the field with his athleticism wasn't all there. So, And he's taught AP, Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Jamal Charles, uh, Kareem Hunt now who's out of the league or he's been cut, so he's going to be back. But yeah. but the, these are all guys that he's taken to be really damn good players. Mm-hmm. And Kareem Hunt had one damn phenomenal year last year. Jamal Charles was awesome for a while, and we all know AP. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad Childress even said it. He would be a monster, in, like fierce in front of AP's face. He's like, okay, you're gonna, what, was the, what was the play? You run it right, and if he didn't know, he's like, get the hell out of the damn drill. Right. And they said he was very intense, very, like, get in your face. You either know what the hell you're doing or you don't know, and you're going to have to go learn it and come back and talk to him. And that's yeah. – you need that accountability. Yeah, for sure. That's that's crap where you get better be prepared, and we need that. Mm-hmm. Pre- preparation and knowing that, okay, we're going to hit mismatches, not just run a damn yeah. offense because this is what we think is going to win. Right. You got to know what you're going to do, mm-hmm. and that's what the Bucks do in the second half. So they don't do it early in the beginning. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, I felt like, at first I was like, "Oh, he sounds like a politician the way he talks," because <laughs> he sounds like he's always like, "Yeah, we're going to do this." Like it was almost the Raheem, the Ra. Mm-hmm. We're going to go get him. We're, yeah. we're going to do this. We're going to do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. But then you start hearing and reading more on him, and then he's talking good. He, but I think he's more doing this because it's the media. Yeah, that's true. I think it's just his act for the media, but. All, all these coaches, even players, say, like you said, 
Terry Kill said, oh, it's easier. Mm-hmm. I'm just playing because I know if I run this route, you're going to be open. Yeah. Yeah, he's the offense coordinator. So what that means, what is offense coordinator? Basically, that is getting all the offensive coaches on the same page. Monday through Saturday into, into game day on Sunday, it's making sure like you have the right game plan where you know you're going to be successful against the opponent. And that's what Eric Benemy does. I mean, he gets his guys prepared. Be enemy. Be enemy, yeah. <laughs> he gets his guys – like it's, it's awesome what he does. He's into the details. Uh, he's just a guy that's going to demand accountability like Mark said earlier. Uh, so, yeah, he doesn't call plays. Okay. I don't really find that a big deal. Again, play call can either be two things, a pass or a run. Again, my thing is it's about design of that play. It's about how how you're going to attack them. What are you going to do as far as the play design? Uh, that's really what it, what it boils down to. That's what I think. Uh, I just think he would be a great candidate because, again, like Mark said, he's just he's on it. I mean, he gets on these players. He makes it easier for them to understand so they can play fast. If they don't get it, then they're not going to play. It's, you know, it's pretty much straightforward like that. He holds them accountable. Um, and look at what Mahomes is doing. Look what Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes is doing. Best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, best numbers. Uh, going to probably break. He might break the touchdown record. I don't know. I don't know if he'll get there. He's got 31 right now. But uh, just amazing what he's done with him as far as his really his first year playing in the league. Uh, making it easier for him. Again, the weapons that they have, you, understanding how to use a Travis Kelsey, understanding how to use a Tyreek Hill where they can be successful. Sure, Andy Reid's calling the plays, but this is all his game plan. This is what he's put into the week, and the coaches are on all on the same page. Yeah, I mean, just this is a couple things that, like, of people talking about him. Like I was saying, players and coaches talk well and highly of him. This is Andy Reid. I mean, this is him saying how – like, when he brings it, he's bringing it, and it's every day. He doesn't let one thing slide. This is him. It's attention to detail. And I'm going to make sure my closet is clean, and your closet better be clean too. If not, I'm going to help you clean it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's pretty much hardcore. You better know your shit. If you don't, you're getting the hell out. Like, I, I think I was talking to you earlier about how he was talking to AP. Mm-hmm. You know, or did I just say this earlier? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah he, he – when he AP was a rookie, he's saying, "Okay, we'll run this play." They ran it in practice, and he brought AP after. He was like, "So what? What was the play? Right? What was the defensive tackle doing? What did you do to get open?" If AP didn't know, he took him out of the hell, hell of the practice. He's like, "No, sit down. Yeah. Go learn it again until you know what the hell you're supposed to do." And even AP says he's going to be a hell of a coach one yet one day. Mm-hmm. And just the the fact that he demands that much out of players, which makes me think, okay, this is this little raw raw. The way he talks, it's just because of media, like right. I was saying. Right. Um, just the fact that he knows what everything's doing. Yeah, he, he's actually talking to Pat Mahomes. If people are thinking he doesn't do anything, the coordinator, he's just Andy Reid's little puppet. No, he. No, he's talking to everyone. Yeah, he talks. At, he controlled the running back room, obviously. Look how good they were at running. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Pat Mahomes. He's in his ear. He's the one talking to him in the during the games. Right. Andy Reid may be calling it, but. Eric Bieniemy is the one talking to him during mm-hmm. in and out of the place. Right. Um, he's yeah, like you said, I I kind of really really like this damn guy. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, let me say this: 
our biggest issue with the Bucks right now is Monday through Saturday. That is their biggest problem. If you bring in a guy like Eric Bieniemy, that won't be the issue anymore. I can guarantee you that. Same thing with Dan Campbell. These guys will make sure players are ready for Sunday to start and, and have success. That is our problem. We are not being coached well enough Monday through Saturday. Practices are, are too soft, not hard enough. Guys are not watching what they're supposed to be looking for in film. Uh, there's just a lot of things not going the right way Monday through Saturday. And then when you get to the game, the game plan is not su- sufficient enough as far as attacking mismatches is. And that will change. The enemy will make sure these guys are ready on Sunday. And that's, that's what we're looking for as a coach. Yeah. Here, okay. Another one, Patrick Mahomes. What did he say about the enemy? He said, he does not let me miss any detail of what the play is supposed to do, what the protection is supposed to be. And he helps me a ton because when we get to the game, everything is a little bit easier. Yeah. Why? Because you prepared, like you said, what is that, Monday through Saturday? Yeah. Is that what you're supposed to do? Right. Yeah, that's what you do as a coach. You're supposed to be that good where you make the game easy because you've practiced that hard, right? Our practices are you're wimpy. Mm-hmm. You're sitting people out. And then this is, um, oh, I loved what Brad Childress said about his game. So <laughs> his thing is, uh, he has a great appreciation for being able to run the football and being able to make somebody's, be able to take somebody's will from them by running the football. We don't do that at all. No. But then he went on to say the biggest growth he'll have is he'll have to decide what he wants to hang his hat on as far as throwing the football, but he'll be smart enough to know what he's got as far as talent and smart enough to know what will work. Yeah, exactly. Mismatches. That's what that means to me. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at all the players in this league and who the ones that have success. It's because those guys are put in not only the right scheme for their skill set, but it's also just the overall picture of what they're asked to do. Uh, everything matches up. You know, when you match talent and you match scheme together, and it you know takes advantage of that mismatch that you're facing. That's when everything comes out right, and that's when it works. And you see all the great teams doing that, the Rams, the Saints, uh, Patriots, all those teams, they attack the right way. Kansas City, obviously. Um, so this is a guy like Dan Campbell. You know, he's on top. He's on the high list now. I mean, just a little yeah. research that we've done. Um, I would have no problem with either one of them. I would probably still favor Dan Campbell a little bit more just because he's from a division rival. You're taking from a Sean Payton uh, head coach. But Andy Reid, I mean, the guy produces head coaches. Yeah, and, uh, one after another every year. Yeah, so Eric Bieniemy could be the next one in line, and I think he would be a great uh, addition for this franchise. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Dan Campbell's like 1A, mm-hmm. is 1B. Right. Well, I could flip-flop him any day. Like Campbell, I agree, is the hard-nosed, make you push yourself to be better. But Bianami seems the same thing with detail and preparation and literally knowing everything. Not just not just what the hell you're supposed to do, but everything. Mm-hmm. And he's he's getting you making the game easier because of that. Um, and also, okay, well, here's another clip of actually him talking. Like that's that's where I feel like you learn the most about these guys because anyone can lie through their teeth, but if you're saying this stuff over and over through interviews, you're harping of what you believe in. Right. He's consistent. Right? And this is him about his, him coaching and, and what the players responding to it. 
And one thing that we talk about every single day is making the most of every opportunity, making the very most of every play, because you never know which play by far would be the most important play of the game. So our guys have been playing hard, and like I said, regardless of the amount of points that we're scoring, and we're doing a great job with that, don't get me wrong, we need to eliminate the self-inflicted wounds, you know, the pre-snap procedural penalties. Uh, we need to eliminate the turnovers. You know, we're not coaching a quarterback to be afraid, but we just want to be smarter to be uh, with the ball. At the end of the day, hey, we chop it up, we go play, and we make the the, the, the very most of that, that, that next play. I mean, that, that sounds like Jameis Winston right there. <laughs> do what the hell you got to do. I, I don't, don't be afraid of a mistake. Just go. Right. Use your God-given gifts. I mean, mm-hmm. he's drawing it up. You play it out, right? I mean, he he sounds like a hell of a damn – Good candidate to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just seems like he's got the right mindset. Uh, He's definitely a a very smart man, understands how the game is played today. Uh, That is something that you want to see. And I think he understands balance as far as an offensive mind. Again, it would be interesting to see what his thoughts would be as far as defensively goes. Uh, You know, what his what do we like to see on defense, you know, whether it be a three, four or four, three stuff like that. Same thing. Huge issue to me. Yeah. Same thing with Dan Campbell. You know, really don't know as far as what these guys would do as far as building their staffs and, you know, what they bring in. But as far as just being that leader, being a guy that is going to demand accountability and make sure these guys understand what they have to do on Sunday. I mean, it's hard to find anyone better. Yeah. I mean, those who want, everyone wants the quarterback's coach, right? Well, he's been talking to Pat Mahomes. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And he's been in his ear. He's been with Andy Reid trying to coach this guy up. He's a huge believer in coaching and preparation. That's things you need. He's going to be able to – he's built the Andy Reid coaching staff. He's been in, within that. So he knows how to see talented coaches, not just talented players. Right. Now to use them properly. So he probably can build a good coaching staff. And he's been in the league a while now mm-hmm. too. He's been nine years with the Chiefs. Uh, he's now. been with the Chiefs, I think, since 2013, I want to say, because he was with Colorado. He was actually an OC at Colorado from 2010 to 2013. Uh, but then he coached with Minnesota uh, as their running backs coach for a while. I think he was there for four years or so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's been he's been in the, the league for quite some time, not only as a player but as a coach. Yes, yeah, 2013. That's a while. So yeah. I'm a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he has – great offensive mind a lot of y'all care about the offensive mind and i you all see what kansas city's doing out there he's he's drawing it up and even like you like we've been mentioning Tyreek hill said everything's easier this year mm-hmm. so the offense obviously has changed from matt Nagy's last year and this year's yeah. why because andy reed and him are putting things together it's not just one guy right so he can draw it up and like your, your point of the offensive coordinator calling plays like uh, Todd Munkin, this is his first year calling plays, right. and everyone loves him. Yeah. So I mean, it it doesn't really matter. Like that was an issue to me until you made that point. I was like, oh yeah, I I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but he's he's high on my list. I'll say that very yeah. high on my list. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like him. Uh, again, will this be a guy that we interview though? You know, it's it comes down to the Glazers, unfortunately. Uh, you know, will they make the right choice? I just hope, you know, these two guys that we've mentioned and even, you know, add to that a Bruce Arians, you know, if he's going to come back, all three of those guys, I think would be, you know, smart decisions, smart uh, choices. Uh, and I agree with Mark. Like he said, I think both will be able to build a pretty quality staff just because of 
I think Bienemy, I think he controls that room as far as the offensive staff. I think he does a good job of I mean, obviously he's got the voice. Like he's got the um he's got the ear of everybody. Uh players, coaches. So that's that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean and like so obviously the two leading guys we like so far are both guys that can demand a room mm-hmm. and demand more. Yeah. Dan Campbell and Eric Bienemy both literally are not disciplinary, not not hard asses, but they know what the hell they want, and they're going to get what they want. Right. And if you're not doing it, they're going to switch it out because they're coaching everyone as hard as they are coaching you. Mm-hmm. So it's either you do it or I'm going to get someone who will do it. Right. And that's and, what you need, accountability. Yeah, absolutely. And when's the last time we looked at coaches that have come from the two coaches that these guys would be coming from, like Sean Payton and Andy Reid? Those are two of the best coaches in the league. Yep. We really haven't done that. We haven't looked at guys that come with that type of pedigree or come from that type of experience under another head coach. I mean, just haven't really done it. Um, maybe since Gruden, but you know, that's it. Just hasn't happened, especially after Gruden left. Yeah, and it's kind of that thing of why try and reinvent the wheel. Right. Like, obviously, these two teams that so the Saints and Chiefs, they have something working. Yeah. And it's been it's been working for a while. Andy Reid and and uh, Sean Payton have been doing this for a while. Really good programs. Yeah. Where their teams are like, oh yeah, keep keep going. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Why not just take someone from a, a organization that knows what the hell they're doing and put it into yours with your players that you know you've got good players, use them correctly. Right. You you went and got Lovey Smith after he's been yeah. well, he was retired. Yeah, and then we hired him, right? Coaching, yeah. He was even coaching. Yeah. And then he hired Dirk Cutter because he did good for Jameis for one year. Yeah. Co- come on. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> and he was from he coached in college. Head coach in college, and he didn't even have that good of a damn record. I don't even think he was above 500 career-wise. Right. Like, it's I, – I agree. Don't reinvent the wheel. Go after a product of a team that actually is successful. Yeah. These are two teams very, very, very good. Why do you think people steal from the Patriots all the time? Because they want a piece of that pie. hmm And, yeah, other teams, they, they were dismantled to shit. Yeah. I mean, it's – you have the talent. You just need a guy to lead this talent correctly. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, just just overall, uh, you look at, like, Sean Payton, and he's learned from his mistakes. I think they were 7-9 and nine for, like, three straight years. He finally figured out, hey, I need to get a defense. I need to get a smart defensive mind. He did that with Dennis Allen, and now they're, they're on fire. Uh, had good drafts. Same thing with Kansas City. Uh, they've had some struggles in the playoffs, and that's been Andy Reid's bugaboo uh, <laughs> for him as far as playoff success. But, yeah, I mean, overall, Eric Bieniemy would be a great choice, and I think this is someone that we'll look at. But with that being said, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, we're going to continue to pump out new coaching candidates uh, pretty much weekly, uh, maybe even get into some GM candidates as well. But be sure to follow us on Twitter at RealBucksTalk. Follow us uh, on iTunes. You can find the podcast there, Google Play, Podbean. And as always, go Bucks. And good luck tomorrow against the Panthers. Hopefully they get to 5-7. and seven. <laughs>